0: Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Holstrom. Hiya folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. I want to talk today about conventions and um, work in the game. Coming up the game, right the game, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Business as usual, as you know, but I'll talk about that. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. After this. Anyway, so uh, uh, convention time is nigh. And for North Texas RPG Con 2023, which comes up in June, I have submitted a game for Gangbusters called Roadhouse Rules. Now I go about working it. I got the premise. I've got what I want to do. Now I gotta come up with the, the nuts and bolts, basically. The framework for which the characters can create. We and the characters and I can create memories. Anyway, I find that creating a creating a game for something other than fantasy is more work for me which is funny because a lot of people think that like other genres like modern more modern genres are easier to do because you don't have to come up with fantastic stuff well i can come up with fantastic stuff with without even thinking about it you know i've i've finally proven to myself i can actually come up with a game session Uh, on the spur of the moment, on the fly. If it's fantasy, the other genres, hmm. See, here's the thing. It's the reverse with me. I do something like, say, a Supers game or something like that, maybe something based on history, an Indiana Jones type thing, whatever, even spies. Um, I just find harder because I have to do more research for it. The nice thing about fantasy is you can bend it any which way and if you make it consistent and plausible and somewhat, somewhat plausible, people will will buy it and they'll play. I'm not saying that all my players are like really nitpicky, you know, rules lawyers type that, you know, or history majors or they, they may be, but I've known them where they can just roll with it, you know. They may say something after as well that, you know, that guy really, didn't, really wasn't that way in real life, but it worked. I like the game, you know, that kind of thing. So I find myself having to do more work. Well, on gangbusters, it is more work. Sometimes it's pleasurable work, but it's work nonetheless. I've got the premise. I got the title. I know what I want to do. Now I got to come up with encounters and things like that. You know, plot stuff. I also find more modern games like Gangbusters more linear. Uh, there's there's not really... A, well, you could do, I guess, a point crawl, a hex crawl, or a sandbox with a 1920s gangster type genre or any other genre like that. But it's just... it's My brain just doesn't work that way. So I got to kind of... Because I love that genre. And I love GMing it, but I don't get a chance. Here's another problem: I don't get a chance very often. Usually, what I'm doing is either playing or running a fantasy game, and it's the other st- other types of games that I really don't get much use for, or I don't really get much chance to do, because when I I'm usually either playing somebody else's fantasy game, or I'm not running, which means. You know, ever since COVID, we've had a hard time with my Monday game doing face-to-face games. And we're all aching to do it. But in the meantime, we do a Monday game on Roll20. So, you know, that kind of thing. So, I don't really get a chance to do that. Now, another friend of mine, he's going to do an online game for the Monday game in Cyberpunk. Now, Cyberpunk isn't exactly my cup of tea, but I'm willing to give it a chance. I played Cyberpunk 2020 before. I worked on Cyberpunk 2020. I thought it was Cyberpunk Red, then I found out it's just it's a it's another game world supplement that uses 5e rules. All right, fine. I play 5e enough now that where I can probably go along with it. But you know, like I said, it's not my cup of tea. But hey, it's more modern, and if somebody else can do it better than me, so be it. I'll play, no problem. But I, I kind of commit myself to these things. You know what I really like doing at conventions? I really like sitting down and talking to people or sitting down by myself, maybe drawing something or sitting down by myself, just uh, drinking or eating something and go, oh, I want to play this kind of game. I got an idea for it. And then just write it up and put it up on the board and... People are going to come play. I love doing that spontaneous type of stuff at a convention, but that's only if I'm doing fantasy. So, what do we got? We got Gangbusters, which takes place in the nineteen twenties and thirties, during the time of Prohibition and a little after. I'd say right up to the thirty-nine, if you want to do that. But then you, but you also got to deal with the Depression afterwards if you're going to do something post-Prohibition. Uh, and I've got a premise. I don't. Here's here's another thing. I don't really talk about what I'm doing at the convention right now. The reason being is people who are going to play are going to listen to this and go, "Oh." I also don't. I also don't want them to know that I I am now coming up with the plot. <laughs> um, I am. It's another fly by the seat in my pants thing. I like. I mean, I will come up with a title. Okay, I've got a title. And before I, I'll submit that title. But before I submit that title, I'll come up with a a general premise of what I want to do, and that's all I have is a title and a premise. But doing it right, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. You got to think of what the the circumstances are, and things like that. I'll give you an example from an older uh, Gangbusters game. I did. I, I got the idea, for. Ring of Fire by the fact that I wanted to do a game based on the 1920s through 1940s boxing picture where you got an up and comer boxer and things that happen with them and I that's that was my premise that was my that's all I had at the time that was my premise because I wanted to be like, you know, like the movie Champion uh, or, uh, oh, I can't remember that one with John Garfield or The Harder They Fall or, you know, those boxing ones where, the, the you know, the, the mob gets in, involved with it and all this other stuff. They tell him to take a dive and he won't. And so I had those tropes to deal with. And if you have tropes or, or even stereotype characters, if you have tropes in something like this, it's gold. It really is. you know, First thing I do is go and watch those movies. I've seen them before, but I'll watch them again, like Golden Boy. I've never seen Golden Boy. That's the one I was talking about with uh, uh, William Holden. But I've never seen those movies, or rather, I've seen those movies, so I'll watch them again. Okay, here's, here's the manager who loves the guy, and here's the other guy who's the other manager for the other guy. He's a crooked manager, and so... I'll have that playing. Maybe you got the guy's fa- mother or father. I had his father. Something happened with him. He's proud of his boy, but his father is kind of mixed up with the gangsters because he's this, that, and the other. You know, he's peripherally involved with the gangsters, and it has something to do with booze. I mean, yeah, it's prohibition. You can always do a story about you know booze raids and things like that. But I want to do a boxing picture, and so I sat down. And I go, okay, what is he? What's going to do? What's going to happen? Okay, the kid... First of all, I made the kid uh, a boxer. And there was a character in the bust, the original Gangbusters book from Lakefront City who was an old German brewmeister who came to the United States and then the Prohibition hit. And now the mob is having him be the brewmeister for their illicit hooch. So, and his son is the, the up-and-coming champion. And, you know, his, he, he doesn't really approve of his father working for those kind of people, but he's not in Lakefront City anymore. He's in Rock Junction because he got, they got busted and he had to flee and all that kind of stuff. But the father's very proud of the son, but the son doesn't really like that his father has to associate with this these unsavory types what the kid didn't know is he the mob actually owns a piece of him because the, his manager is working for the black hand. And the uh, the, the Rocco Ruby Rocco who's the, the head of the who's the head of the uh, black hand, um, he doesn't know well he sort of knows about it, but his kid brother, Nikki, I think it was Nikki, um, he owns a piece of that boxer. And the guy didn't even, you know, the guy doesn't even know because they cover it up and all that kind of stuff. But it's like a rival gang wants him to take a dive. He don't want to take a dive. They kidnap his girlfriend and his father, two separate kidnappings here, because the the girlfriend's used for le- as leverage and the father is used to, okay, you're going to make booze for us now, where they don't know. So there's that dynamic going on. So we had one where there was, the, the, the kid went in the ring. So all the other guys who were helping him, they had to go find his girl, where they put, where they kept his girlfriend. And she was in an opium den. She was in the back in the opium, this opium den where the gangsters had a room where they could like tie her up and keep her and the opium den the front was a cigar store and i had the uh, i had the chinese opium den and for some reason as a as a mark of prestige they had a siberian tiger in a cage in the opium den and not only did the heroes go and raid the place but the fbi was there too to raid the place because it's drugs and you know you're going to put a tiger in a cage, you know that tiger is going to get out somehow. And he did. I mean, the heroes came into the back room. You know, they, they had a bit of a firefight. But then the tiger showed up and started mauling all these gangsters out in the alley. It was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. So that's one of the encounters. And the other one is they got to find out where they where the father is. They kidnapped the father so he could start making booze because one of the premises I use in Rock Junction is the Black Hand, they don't make their own hooch. I mean, yes, they can steal it, like get it from Canada, all this other stuff, but they don't make their own because they are indebted to the Purple Gang who is in Chicago. And they don't want to be indebted to the Purple Gang. They want to make their own, but it's kind of hard because they send their boys in there and, you know, Basically, you know, you buy from us or else type of thing. So, they're always looking for a place to get their booze or to make their booze. I had a game called Shine as a Moonshine, Shine on Harvest Moon, where they were getting these old Kentucky uh, moonshiners to make their booze back there and buy it from them. And, you know, that went south. So, the climax took place in the sewers of Rock Junction, because that's where they were to make the booze. Anyway, that's, that whole, that, see, I had a lot to work with there. I had a lot to work with, with the premise and stuff. Um, there are other games, well, like, the first thing, first one I did was a two-parter inspired by one of the, uh, Welcome to Rock Junction is one of the supplements for G- Gangbusters, BX, and... I got the idea from one of the NPCs they had in there. It was this phony real estate agent. He's a real estate agent, but I mean, he's on the take. And he's selling all these lots that don't exist. I said, okay, I can work with that. He manages to sell a lot. And unfortunately, when he was showing the lot, he happened to stumble on this guy uh, called the Dutchman, who is a hitman, um, wiping out one of the... one of the. Uh, one of the Black Hand's, uh, you know, uh, rivals. And he was witness to that. So, you know, he's going to be forfeit. And it it worked out well. It worked out well. It was a two-parter because then I said, where's the Dutchman? Nobody knew where the Dutchman went afterwards because everybody wanted to find him, the police, the feds, and the Black Hand because he owed them money. And it took place in a, uh, an abandoned mine outside of town. Da da, da, da da Great, great, great premise. Another one. I decided there's a radio station in Rock Junction. I want to do a story centered around that, and I did. I call it Contented Cows, and it took. And it was all about a singing milkman who also worked for the dairy. Um, I can't remember the name of the dairy, but. Anyway, his twin brother shows up who's a hoodlum and and you know, and he's starting to he's starting to kill people in town randomly, but they don't realize these are all the people the jurors and the judge and the DA who convicted him and sent him up because he escaped. But, you know, see, I have stuff to work with there. Here I have some stuff to work with, but I'm not really sure. So I'll go back to the source. I will go back to the movies. And I will I will Watch a couple of some film noir that helps. Um, the series Peter Gunn, I have that that helped that helps a lot, and that takes place in the 50s. Um, and another big one for me is I've got the original uh, TV show The Untouchables, which is like right there, right where I need, right, right, what I need, you know, to, to be. Uh, with Eli Ness and his boys fighting the mob, and it usually, and most of it, believe it or not, believe it or not, it takes place post-prohibition, because in the fir- the first two parter, they convict Capone and he's gone. They're mainly dealing with Frank Nitti and the rest of his gang and any other mobsters that show up, and it's various and sundry, various and sundry vices or crimes or things like that. So I've got a lot. I've got a whole this whole. Stuff to work with, and that's what I recommend to you. If you can, if you can pick a genre, and say you're not doing fantasy, you you pick a genre like, uh, oh, top secret or something like that. Spies. Go watch some James Bond films. Go watch Danger Man, which was known in the U.S. here as Secret Agent Man, Secret Agent, uh, with Patrick McGowan. Because it's funny because if you watch the Bond films. That's kind of like to me the idealized version of a spy because he you know he goes around the world, fights these bad guys, beds women, has technology, things like that. Watch Danger Man because Patrick McGowan is like a working class spy. and he's more like a troubleshooter than a spy because you know he doesn't get involved with women. I don't think he drinks. He does disguises, which is interesting because I don't think Bond does that very much. And his technology is very simple. I mean, I don't even think he carries a gun, but I'm not sure. But if he has some gadgets, they're like little gadgets that'll just help him, like listen in on someplace or get him out of a jam or something like that. Nothing like, you know, pens that blow you know, that blow poison in your face so you go to sleep or something like that or or those kind of things, bombs and cufflinks. No, he doesn't have any of that. He's a working-class spy. So that's what I would watch if I was going to do a spy-type type thing. So right now, I'm just trying to give you suggestions and how I go about trying to come up with these games for conventions. Uh, and they're all one-shots, of course, so, you know... You know, I got to fill four or five hours and I can do that. Anyway, I hope that helps. Find, fi- basically, find your source and research it that way. Anyway, I gotta go start my day. So, if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you for single donations. I've got my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com/oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me/oldmangrognard. <clears throat> Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Soros, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benj- Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you, guys. I'm appreciative. Let me ta- tell you about some other good podcasts. Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognarn Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Key Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye you got questions you got comments send them to old at gmail.com tune in next time when radio grognard king size is on the air